So welcome back, everybody, to another episode of What's Important Now, the podcast from the United States Border Patrol Academy. So as everybody knows, March is Women's History Month. And so this month here at the Academy, we're going to dedicate each of our podcasts to celebrating those special women in the lives of Border Patrol agents, the family members, the ones that put on the uniform each and every day, and celebrating their special deeds and their contributions to the United States Border Patrol and to our country. Now, when we think about who should we celebrate, who do we look up to, who should be emulated by others, it's not the fame, it's not wealth, it's not success. At the end of the day, those are just the byproducts, potential byproducts of, of the special acts and contributions that are made, large or small, in the lives of others. So today, we celebrate what it means to be a woman in our culture, the Border Patrol culture, and in our society, the law enforcement society. For each and every one of us, women have played a special role in our lives. They've been authority figures, they've been role models, they've been trailblazers. They're family members, their teammates, their loved ones. And we're very fortunate within the USBP family, the Green family, there are literally hundreds of great examples. We could have a podcast probably every day of the year for the entire year and have different women that we talk about, and each and every one of them will have special stories, special things that they've done, and special contributions that they've made to the United States Border Patrol and all of our families. So this month, we're recognizing four women that, in my mind, epitomize everything that Women's History Month is intended to celebrate. And for our first segment, we have a very tragic and very touching story that to me needs to be told to understand a certain type of individual, a certain type of family member that is so very important to us in law enforcement and in the Border Patrol. And that's our mom. And to do that today for part one, we have Miss Marie Vega. And for those that know her, She's absolutely one of the sweetest and most devout women ever to be associated with the United States Border Patrol. But I'm here to tell you, she's also one of the strongest people you'll ever meet. Marie, thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. It's great. Now, you are joining us from uh, South Texas. Yes, La Feria, Texas. How's the weather down there? Ah, uh, It's getting really nice. Yep, starting Better to warm up than finally. what we had just a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Were you without power and water like everybody else was? Oh, yes. Four days without power. One day without water. So you're our first guest for Women's History Month. And to get everybody familiar with what brought you to the radar, what brought you to the spotlight for all of us, I don't think there's a person in the U.S. Border Patrol that doesn't know your name, especially all the trainees that have gone through the academy. If you'll bear with me, I'd like to give them a little snapshot of your story. Marie is the mother of Javier Harvey Vega, who at 36 years old was a member of the United States Border Patrol. He grew up in La Feria, Texas. He was a devoted husband and loving father to three children. He was a military veteran with the United States Marine Corps. He graduated from the United States Border Patrol Academy, with class 745. He EOD'd February 11, 2008. His end of watch 
was August 3rd, 2014, after six years of service. And I'm going to tell you real quick his story. On Sunday, August 3rd, 2014, Border Patrol agent Javier Vega was shot and killed near Santa Monica, Texas, as he attempted to take a law enforcement action during a robbery while he was finished while he was fishing with his wife, children, and parents. Two illegal aliens approached them and attempted to rob them. Agent Vega was shot in the chest when he attempted to draw his weapon. His father was also shot and wounded as he returned fire at the men. Both men fled the scene, but were arrested a short time later. They were charged with capital murder, attempted capital murder, and other crimes, and it's believed that the same subjects had committed numerous similar robberies at the direction of a Mexican cartel. And both men had been previously deported on numerous occasions. Now, on September 20th of 2016, it was determined that in light of the information identified during the intensive investigation, which was completed by the Willacy County Sheriff's Office, that Agent Vagan's actions were indicative of his law enforcement training and that he instinctively reacted, placing himself in harm's way to stop a criminal act and protect the lives of others, specifically his loved ones. As a result of that, his death was redetermined to have been in the line of duty. Now, I want you to imagine for a second. Put yourself in the place of his family that was there with him that day and have your loved one step in harm's way to try to save your life and ultimately lay down his own right there in front of you. And imagine what it must be like and what you might go through, the feelings that you might experience. That is what Marie Vega lived on that day. And if that wasn't enough, what she has done since has absolutely been inspirational in the hearts and minds of each and every one of us that served with Harvey and that served with each and every person that has also laid down their lives in the line of duty with the United States Border Patrol. So losing a loved one, no matter what the circumstances, is absolutely uh, one of our worst nightmares for each and every one of us. And being a family member, especially somebody as special as Harvey was, one can only imagine uh, the pain and the turmoil that the, uh, that the Vega family went through on that day. The most special thing for us, though, is what they've done since then, and specifically what Marie has done. There's a lot of people that uh, when something like this, something this tragic happens, they probably withdraw and disappear into their own little world and, and isolate themselves and not want anything to do with the people or the organization that, uh, that surrounded their loved one, quite simply because it's just so painful and everything serves as a reminder. But that's not Marie, and that's not her family. And that's not what they decided to do. Instead, they drew strength from this tragedy, and they took it as an opportunity to make a difference in the lives of each and every one of us that put on a uniform and go out and do this job every day, to be there for our families and the families that send the men and women in uniform out to do this job each and every day. And that's what makes Marie special. That's what makes her such a great role model and subject matter for Women's History Month. Marie, 
I can't imagine yeah. what you went through, and I and I can see Harvey's picture behind you. I can see, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that I, I I could close my eyes no matter where I'm at, and I could I can envision that picture because I've seen it so many times, and it resonates with each and every one of us. As you remember I was I was assigned to the Rio Grande Valley sector whenever uh, when Harvey was killed. Uh, I was uh, actually I don't know if you remember, but I got to go to your house with uh, Jr. And, uh, and the deputy chief shortly after that happened, and I remember watching you guys and uh, and what you were going through and just stood in awe of the strength that you uh, that you exhibited through all of that what made you decide to turn this into a positive and make it a a source of strength that we all could benefit from well i imagine each and every one of you being um, a loyal agent um I think about Harvey and how much he loved law enforcement, how he loved being a Marine. And I see you all in him, or I see him in every, each and every one of you. And it's even more special when I get to meet each one of you because I feel a closeness to you. And I feel that you represent everything that he envisioned everything that he desired to be so i don't know i guess i just draw strength from you all and and we you know do from it, you. i'm here for for you all. i'm sorry and we do from you absolutely it's a a wonderful thing and, and i just i'm trying to wrap my head around the strength it would take uh, to to be that selfless and to uh and to take your personal tragedy and and turn it into something good for everybody else. Was there a moment in time when you thought to yourself, okay, I need to make sure that anybody else that goes through this has someone they can talk to, somebody that they can depend on, some kind of education to prepare our family members for, for that possibility someday. What was your motivation behind making the decision to be an outward force for that kind of, uh, that kind of loss? I think it's just the pride that I, I I have when I see each and every one of you. And it's I know how difficult your job has been. And it just breaks my heart that, you know, you joined the Border Patrol wanting to do that job. And I know your hands are a little bit tight behind your back. So, it, I mean, you know, if I can be a voice for you, if I can do anything for you, I am here. I, I am not going to think twice about it because I know that you do a lot of good. So I guess that's where I draw my strength from. But trust me, it's difficult. You know, it's just every day you get up and you think the first thing you think about is, is your son and, you know, how he should be here. Um, you try to get busy, but then you get a little text or a message or a phone call from one of you and, and your day just lightens up, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, there's my family, there's my son. You know, So that's amazing. It's amazing. The relationship, how it's, uh, you draw strength from being part of this family and, and we, we draw strength from having you be a part of us. And I want to take everybody back real uh, for a second to tell us about what it's like to have a son. I, I have two sons, uh, both serving in the armed forces right now. And for those that don't know, talk about 
what it's like to be a parent of somebody that that decides to answer that call and serve, whether it be in the military, whether it be law enforcement, whether it be the U.S. Border Patrol, whatever that is. How did you feel when Harvey decided to go into the Marine Corps and when he decided to join the Border Patrol? Well, it's it's you get a sense of pride, but you know you still know that there's that danger involved and. You want to say no, don't do it. But, you know, like with Harvey, it was something that he loved so much. And, and he just, you know, I, I he expressed it at a very young age. And I knew that it was a good thing for him, um, especially with him loving it as much as he did. And, and then again, when he left the Marine Corps and he started, he actually went to school and became a biomed engineer. But he saw you guys. He, he he was working at Christus Bond in, in Kingsville, and he still kept looking at you guys. You know, you guys would walk in with somebody, bringing somebody to the hospital. And it's like he was drawn to that career. He, he saw you guys, and he just wanted it so bad. And, um, and so when he came to us and told us that he wanted to join the Border Patrol, it's like, you know what, do it, you know, you're going to do it, you know, even if we tell you no, but it's, it's just a lot of pride. Of course, you know, as a mother, you worry, I'm sure you worry about your sons being away in the military and, uh, but it's a good thing. It's, it's a good thing. It's like, there's so much pride, <laughs> so much See. And what I what I'm seeing right now is a, is a, is a mother that's doting on her son, but hiding behind that is that selfless act of, as a parent and especially as a mom, you want to protect your kid, you want to protect your son, and so it was a sacrifice to encourage them to go forward and do a job like this because you know at the end of the day, when they go outside and they and they do whatever that job is. There's an element of danger involved. There's an element of risk involved. And you choose to live with that every day because you loved your son so much and you supported what he wanted to do. What is better than that? What's better? I mean, there's no greater definition of a parent and of a mom than that very act that gets made probably countless times a day by by thousands of parents out there across the country. And you typify that. You did that even though you were worried. You were worried about when he joined the Marine Corps. You were worried about when he decided to join the Border Patrol because you knew what it possibly meant. But you put that aside, and you continued to encourage him. Right. It's, it's, it's their time. It's their time. And thank you. Please thank your sons for us. Um, it's a great act on their behalf. And just I know you're proud. <laughs> I know you know what I'm talking about. I absolutely do, and it's uh, I can I can I can feel the pride in your voice. I can feel it, uh, you know, in in your emotion right now, just talking about it. You to this day, you're proud of Harvey and everything that he did. Absolutely, yes. So for the uh, the parents that are out there today that may be listening, and and they have uh, you know children, whether it be uh, boys or girls, that are deciding to put on this uniform, or they're already out there uh, in this uniform doing the job each and every day. They're living with that worry every time they watch that loved one go out the door. What advice or, or what do you want to tell them? Just, you know, pray that God takes them to their job safely and brings them home to their families. Uh, 
you know, it's the danger is always there, but we have to have faith that they will be kept safe on a daily basis. It's not like pray once a week and forget about it. No, you it's it's an everyday. I mean, every moment that you think about them, it's you think about their safety. So it's a normal thing. I mean, it's something that the, that the families deal with. I like to say this whenever uh, I'm talking to a graduation or when I'm talking to a, a new class coming in or even talking to a muster out in the field. We always have to remember that there's other folks beside us that are on this journey with us. And it, it's one thing to be the ones to, uh, to go out the door each and every day and, and do these types of jobs, to be a Border Patrol agent, to be in the military. It's quite another to be that family member that watches their loved one go out the door. And I don't think unless you've ever done that, you realize what kind of a sacrifice and just how tough that is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. Yes, definitely. I, uh, I, in my whole career, you know, for, for the longest time, I was the one going out the door. I was the one going out there on patrol. And it wasn't until I had my, uh, my oldest son join the Navy and, uh, and I had to watch him and go off and be deployed or I have my youngest son who's in the Air Force now and and I watched him leave and and I've decided that the tougher job rests with the family members that have to (laughs) have to watch them leave well it's it's just as tough Uh, trust me it you know we only had the two boys right Harvey and Jordy and uh, when Harvey got out of the military Jordy was going in this was right after 9-11 and I'm over here like freaking out because these, these are kids that we really didn't want to let, you know, go out and sleep somewhere else or spend the night at their friend's house. It's like, no, if you, if you want to, you know, have a sleepover, bring everybody over here. You know, that's fine. So I was worried like crazy about Jordy and I told Harvey, I said, but he's never really been away from us. You know, it, he's going to be out there all alone. And he's like, mom. Remember, I did that first, you know, and I was fine. And he will form a bond with his Marine brothers and everything's going to be all right. He's the one that calmed me down because I was like a total wreck. But, you know, it happened that way. And and after he told me that, I, you know, sat down and I started thinking about it. And I'm like, yeah, Harvey hadn't been anywhere. He had never traveled by himself. And now we had him going away from us you know for boot camp and it's like who's going to take care of him over there <laughs> you know but he was fine and and the same thing happened and, and he's the one that opened my eyes and said Jordan's going to be all right you know he was not going to be alone and and it's the same thing and, it, and I think I remember talking about this one time at one of y'all's functions and what I see is like you know like Harvey said, you form a bond with your Marine brothers. And I see the same thing with you all. You know, you, you join the Border Patrol and you form a bond. It's just one big family. And, and that brings a lot of comfort to, a, you know, a parent that's worried, you know, about the safety. You know, is he's getting transferred to some other town where he has no relatives and stuff like that. But we know that you all have each other's backs. So it kind of, you know, it brings some comfort to us knowing that. And I can tell you, you know, switching gears for a second, talking about it from the other side of the coin and and being the person in uniform, 
I don't think there's words that can describe adequately the, the, the level of strength that we draw from our family members, the ones that actually are there for us and encourage us. You try and think about the through the course of, of one's career, you know, whether it's going through the academy or basic training and getting your first duty assignment, being on that probationary period, you know, the first uh, scary moments you have out in the field or the first you know, big seizure that you make or the first rescue that you do. The very first thing you want to do is talk to your family, to talk to your loved ones, share it with them because then it becomes real. Then you're able to talk about it. And that's, and so in that way, you're involved and you're part of this and you are actually part of this family because you're sharing in those moments with us. How was that for you? Was it? Did, did, how did being part of this green family uh become a reality for you whenever when Harvey joined and you started hearing about what his his life as a border patrol agent was and the things that he was doing what were your thoughts it's scary I mean Harvey was very private about his job uh, he didn't share a whole lot it's like I literally had to pull it out of him and uh, but sometimes when I would read something in the newspaper or I'd hear about it you know, as oh, it was Harvey was involved in it. I was like, oh my God, you know, but it's scary. I mean, as a mother, as a parent, you worry. And 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 the other thing that I need to add is that you don't just worry about your son or your daughter that's an agent. You worry about everybody. You know, it's like you just wish that you were there with them to keep them safe, but. I know you, you know, we can't do that. <laughs> I understand. That's a great point. It's not, it's not just your loved one. It's all of their friends and their, their extended family. You worry about them as well, not yeah. just the one that, yeah. that, that, that leaves your door, right? Right. It, it, you know, it's, it's, you worry about it because the impact that the coworkers have, you know, if, if something, you know, like when, say, for example, like when Harvey died, can you imagine what his coworkers were going through? It's it's kind of like the same thing with me and, and him. I know that it affected his coworkers. I know it, you know, and a lot of not just the coworkers, but the community. I, I see it. I've seen it. And so, you know, it's the same thing with with the rest of you. It's not just your son or your daughter. It's, it's all of you. Well, and, and so first off, yes, it absolutely, the, the impact, is, I remember it and, and the way that we all felt uh, when that happened, those two despicable individuals and, and what they did. And, uh, you know, the fact that justice is getting served, I think is, is a wonderful thing. But the, uh, here's you having just gone through that and you're worried about how it's impacted everybody else. You're worried about how it's impacted the, his coworkers and his friends. You're worried about how it's impacting the community. Not just focusing on yourself, not worried about what you've just gone through. But no, you're worried about everybody else. That is exactly what I'm talking about. And this is what you have demonstrated in your actions, Marie. You have been a staunch activist for our silent partner program in the United States Border Patrol. You have been to the U.S. Border Patrol Academy on numerous occasions supporting this program and educating our new trainees on what that is and what it means to take pride in this uniform and 
paying homage to the ones that have uh, laid down their lives in service to this country. Now, for those of you who don't know, uh, folks, the, the Silent Partner Program is a program where each of us is assigned a, well, it's a silent partner, and it's somebody th- who has paid the ultimate price that was killed in the line of duty. And we carry that silent partner with us for, for the rest of our lives, and our responsibility is to keep their memory alive, to honor their memory, honor their sacrifice. And in doing so, it reminds us of the legacy, not only as a Border Patrol agent, but as a law enforcement officer, that we are charged with protecting and safeguarding each and every day. And Harvey, his picture and his story appears on one of those silent partner cards. And so on numerous occasions, Marie and her husband, Javier, have actually come to the U.S. Border Patrol Academy and presented their son's silent partner card to a very lucky trainee in one of the classes. And if you don't think that drives home the point of just how serious we take this, imagine being a brand new trainee and standing face to face with some of the strongest people you ever meet who are saying, I'm entrusting you with my son's silent partner card. And as I'm doing this, I'm telling you, I worry for your safety. I want you to be safe. I'm gonna be thinking of you always. And you just met Marie Vega. Now, Marie, I can't can't imagine how tough that would be. Was it difficult to come up here the first time and and, and see your son's silent partner card? And and what was it like to to pass that on to that very first trainee? It was an honor. It was an honor. It was, uh, you know, after learning about the silent partner card, it just... How can you not want to do it? You know, this is that that card is that is going to be the drive behind that cadets or I don't know what you call them when they come in trainees. Okay, Um, that's going to be the drive. That's that's he's going to have a goal and he's going to have to meet that goal. And that's those are big shoes to fill. And I think you just you feel that weight on your shoulders whenever you have that person's silent partner card because you think of the sacrifice they made and you want to do right by it. It makes you want to do right by it. And there's times when it's not possible to have the uh, the families of the fallen actually visit and give the silent partner card to one of the trainees. And so uh, Marie and her husband Javier actually wrote a letter to the classes whenever they can't be here. And Maria, if you'll indulge me, I want to read this letter because I think it's amazing. This, this is what's uh, one of the letters. You know, we have some other families of the fallen that participate in this as well, but this is one of the letters that our trainees will, will get from the families of the fallen during the silent partner introduction, when they're introduced to the program and they start to receive their silent partners. And this one is from Marie. It says, good afternoon, class. My name is Marie Herrera Vega, and my husband's name is Javier Vega. We're the parents of fallen Border Patrol agent Javier Harvey Vega, Jr. We'd like to congratulate you on your career choice of becoming a Border Patrol agent. In July of 2019, we visited the United States Border Patrol Academy, and we got a glimpse of the training you'll receive. We had no idea how rigorous the training was, but I know you can accomplish anything you set your minds to. Each of you will carry a silent partner. You're not only carrying our fallen son, You're also carrying families just like mine. Serve with all of your hearts and don't give up. To the new students that carries Harvey's card, 
carry it with pride because he served his country both as a Marine and as an agent. Harvey loved his country and loved law enforcement. Our son and your silent partner was an honorable man. Javier Sr. and I thank you, and we hope to meet you in person someday. May God bless each and every one of you, and may he bring you safely home to your families. And it was signed by Javier and Marie. What's miraculous about that letter, Marie, you're doing it for them. You're writing this letter to them, words of encouragement. You're telling them what it means to you when they carry the silent partner card. You're representing the other families of the fallen and the other silent partners. And you're telling these trainees, this is what it means when you participate in this program. This is what it means when you carry one of these cards. Not just anybody does that. And the impact, the reverberating impact that this has on the organization, on this agency, on this Green family, because every trainee that graduates from this academy understands that because of you, knows that because of you, is carrying a silent partner and keeps this legacy alive. I wish there were more people like you that would stand up and do that. Thank you. I'm, I'm sure you have a lot of families of, of the fallen agents that feel the same way as, as we do. I know it's, sometimes it's very difficult to express our words and, you know, what we're feeling. And sometimes, you know, it's very traumatic. And, and, but I can, I can assure you that, you know, every family that has a fallen uh, loved one feels the same way. It's, you know, there's no doubt in my mind. For those that have, uh, that have experienced something similar, that, uh, that have lost a loved one in the line of duty, and they're struggling with it, what advice can you give them? What, uh, what can you do to help them navigate their way back to, back to safety? What would you recommend or what would you tell them in terms of how to climb out of the dark? Oh, gosh. I, I don't know what I would say. But like I've told other people from other agencies, you know, and, and the Border Patrol as well, I am here. I am here, you know, to be the shoulder that you need to cry on. I am here to listen to anything you need to say and get off of your chest. You know, it, it, there's really no words that you can say to make it better or to change things. But I think that we need to be here for each other. And, and that's what Javier and I will do for any family, any family that, that you know, has suffered a loss like ours and has gone through something like this. One of the things I think uh, is true, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you draw pride from Javier's accomplishments. I think... His service is a source of pride for you, and, and that gives you strength, knowing what he did. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it, it does. I mean, as of yet, no one has ever told me anything negative about Harvey. Um, I have had some of his classmates that go back to kindergarten or first grade that have actually reached out to me 
and have told me, you know what, I am very grateful to your son for everything he has done because this happened when we were in first grade or or this happened when I transferred schools or, you know, this happened when I worked with Harvey and, and it just, gosh, you know, it, it, I do. I do draw strength from his accomplishments. Absolutely. Is it also safe to say that, uh, I think you said this earlier, but you draw strength from being a part of this family to this day, staying involved with us and, and, and seeing what we do and, and, and supporting us where you can. I've seen you do that. I've seen you, like I said, make trips to the academy. I've seen you uh, talk to the trainees, and I know that you've talked to other family members uh, of the men and women of the Border Patrol. You've chose to stay involved. Is that a source of strength for you? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So that's come with some uh, with some actually really neat stories along the way, and, and I, I wanted to kind of highlight a couple of them. I know that uh, there's a checkpoint near Kingsville, Texas, in Sarita. And a few years ago, they had a congressional act that actually renamed that checkpoint in honor of your son, Harvey. I bet that was a neat experience. It was. We were really surprised when uh, they reached out to us, and this was all his coworkers doing. Uh, you know, so this is... This is how much Harvey was loved. This is, you know, what a good person he was. I mean, I have, uh, you know what wrecking is, right? Mm -hmm. I, I wreck, well, I used to wreck, I, I haven't done anything lately, but <laughs> I used to wreck with this group of veterans. And we had a few civilians in there. And I was surprised when they started a fundraiser to have a Javier Vega scholarship and uh, you know it, it, I was you know I was so happy that they had chosen to do that there, there was no need they could have you know started a scholarship for a veteran's family or, or a fallen veteran or you know something like that but they chose to do it in Harvey's honor and name and even better was the fact that the actual recipient was the son of a Border Patrol agent. Oh, wow. And I had no idea. It's like, how did this happen, you know? But that's how much Harvey was loved. And, you know, it, it, there's so many things that so many people are, are still wanting to do for him. Uh, we have one of his classmates actually dedicate a brick at the Veterans Memorial here in La Feria, here in town. And uh, he reached out to me. Um, and so I said, yes, absolutely. And, you know, it's just one of the many things that, that his, that people who knew him have done in his honor. And that, that of course, was, uh, the, so the checkpoint I knew, I know took place in uh, 2017. So it's, it's been a few years ago. And so now if you are, if you're in South Texas and you're driving uh, north near Kingsville and you go through the checkpoint, that is the checkpoint that is named after Javier Vega in honor yeah. of his sacrifice. And that was done by, uh, by Congressional Act. And uh, you also uh, have a well, relatively new member of your family. You have a, uh, a retired member of the Horse Patrol, which is uh, Vega the Horse that you adopted yeah. and, and now provide a, a loving home as well. 
Yes, absolutely. Oh, we're crazy about him, and he is. He's such a smart horse, and, and and you know it brings so much comfort to us knowing that he's with our family now. Um, so how long has he been with you? Um, uh, let me see, probably a month and a half. And do you know? Uh, and if you don't, uh, how many years of service did he uh, did he give to the U.S. Border Patrol? Um, I want to say five, but I'm not sure. I don't like to ask too many questions because <laughs> it's like, okay, I don't know if this is the, you know confidential or, or you know but yeah well i just thought that was a neat story because i was he named after after your son and your son's honor yeah actually uh border patrol and i think it was krgv i'm not i'm not sure which uh, news station was involved but they held the co uh, contest and then um there was a lady, a nurse, that was actually a Border Patrol agent. At one time, she submit, submitted the name Vega, and that's what was picked for his name. And so he was named Vega. Such a neat story. And, and he comes home after, after a, a successful career serving, uh, serving his country, and now he has a loving home with the Vega family. How good yes. can it get? And I see some of the pictures where he's, uh, he's being showered with affection. And you can tell he is, he is one happy horse. <laughs> and yeah, uh, the minute he sees me, it's like, oh, there's mom. And he heads right, he makes a beeline right towards me. And uh, I usually have treats in my pockets. And all I have to do is say, give me a kiss. And he puts a snout out. And that's, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. All the kisses on his face. Yeah. So he knows. Well, I... Sounds sounds like a very lucky horse. It sounds like a uh, very and, and well deserved for all of his years of service. And that you know interesting because we we look at our uh, the the horse patrol partners and our canine partners as as uh, as members of our family as well. And so it's fitting that uh, they would end up with such a good family after they've given uh, service to the country. It's, uh, truly amazing. Well, <laughs> for thinking about us, and it's like oh yeah, you know when they called, uh, are you interested? Yes. <laughs> so Marie. We've been doing this talking, and, and I don't know if you've picked up on it or not, but time and time again, I've tried to steer the conversation back to you and, and your acts and, and, your, uh, and your sacrifices and the things that you're doing, honestly, that, that have made our lives better. It's, uh, we are all thankful each and every day to have folks like you as part of our family. And, and what you do for us, it can't be put into words, but you know what's happened each and every time. You turn the conversation back around and you talk about your son again. You talk about what he did. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's but that that just is a further indicator of the type of individual that you are. You're you're a mom, and you know at the end of the day, there's no better example to be celebrated for Women's History Month than a good mother. And and that's what you are. That's what you have been. You're you're kind of our adopted mother, you know, for the Border Patrol as well. And it just, it's, it's a testament to that, that, that you choose not to talk about yourself. Everything that you talk about is about what other people have done, is about what your son did and what people have done for him and the stories they talk about. You're there and you're providing that strength behind the scenes. And I can tell it's not something that you feel comfortable talking about, the things that, that, that you do on a day-to-day -day basis, but I want you to know how much we appreciate it. I want you to know how much it means to us, and I want you to know how much we love you and, and how thankful we are for you. Is there anything that you would like to, to tell the new trainees that are going through the academy right now? What advice can you give them as they embark on this 
this new journey, this new adventure. They become part of this this new family that is the United States Border Patrol. And then what do you want to tell their families? Um, well, to the new trainees, do us proud. Um, this isn't just any job. This this is this job should be an honor to anyone who even considers it, you know. Um, go out and do your best. Go out and do your best. Do your families proud. And for the families, you know, it's like I tell everyone, you have to support your kids. You have to be there for them. Um, you know, it's, it's an honor being an, uh, a Border Patrol agent, and it's a lot of work. And it's easier said than done sometimes being supportive whenever you have all those worries in the back of your mind, right? Right. And I'm going to dovetail on your advice, and I'm going to talk to those trainees and the men and women that are out there today on patrol, and I'm going to tell them the opposite. I'm going to say, make sure you remember the sacrifices that your families are making each and every day, too. When we get to the end of our journey, our career, and we look forward, hopefully, to a long and happy retirement, those are going to be the ones that are with us. Those are the ones that are going to be side-by-side side with this uh, in retirement and for the rest of our lives. Those are the ones that matter. These are the ones that matter. And I'm going to talk to the, uh, to the young women uh, out there that may be listening. If you're looking for role models and you're looking at who is worthy of being celebrated during this Women's History Month, look no further than your own mother, than your own sibling. Look at your own daughter. Look at people like Marie Vega and what they do each and every day that doesn't get a lot of notoriety, but the world absolutely would stop spinning without them. Those are the people that we need to look up to. Those are the people that we need to be thankful for. And Marie, I can't tell you again how much of an honor it has been to have you talk with us today and, and share your experience. And I'm so thankful for you, and I, and I look forward to what you do in the future to keep Harvey's name uh, in our minds, and what you continue to do for the men and women of the United States Border Patrol. Thank you so much for being on. Ladies but before we go, could I say something? Yes, absolutely. Er earlier you mentioned trailblazers. Christine Davis, Carla Provost. Um, and I, can you imagine how tough it was for them when they first started? So it's funny you mentioned that because Carla Provost is also going to be a guest on this next podcast. Okay. For that exact reason, absolute trailblazer, the very Absolutely. definition of a trailblazer. Yeah. And, um, it, you know, and we have so many agents, uh, Marlene Castro, you have her there, um, Christina Salinas Smallwood, um, Jessica Ramirez. I, I'm, I'm just in total awe of these women. They, I, I can't imagine what it's like to juggle family, a marriage, work you know, in, in such a demanding job. It's a tough job. And, and these ladies, they do it. They do it every day. That's, that's a great point and a great closing, uh, closing statement because what we're talking about, we affectionately refer to as the fearless 5%. It, it, there, there are about 5% of the U.S. Border Patrol that, uh, that are female, that are, that are women. And they are a group of people to be, they are forced to be reckoned with. They are absolutely, uh, the best at what they do. You talked about uh, Carla Provost, the very first chief of the U.S. Border Patrol, female chief. You talked about Christine Davis, the very first female in the United States Border Patrol. And all the others of the Fearless 5% that go out and do this job 
each and every day, do it well, and they represent the very best attributes of the women of this country. So great, uh, great point. Marie, thank you again for, for joining us. And ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for another episode of What's Important Now. We'll talk again soon. And until then, stay safe out there and honor first. Thank <laughs> you.